Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. And I'm Charlie. And I am Kyle. <laughs> and you are hungry. And I am very hungry right now. This is actually our second take I'm in this hungry. intro because I was talking about how much hungry how hungry it was last take. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, we're gonna get something. Yes, what, we will. What Austin restaurant are we going to tonight? Mooney's Burgers. It's the best burgers in North Austin. Uh, if you haven't been there yet, I haven't. Uh, please sponsor our podcast, Mooney's Burgers, because you guys are fantastic. Mm, burgers. But before we get to the food, we got to get down to business. Yeah, and, and the business of this sweet episode. And uh, this sweet episode, we are speaking to a Jamie. Su- Wait. <laughs> a sweet person. A sweet person, yes. We're speaking to a sweet person, Jamie Shanabam. She is the co-founder and director of the Jamie Group which is an acronym that stands for Joint Advocacy Amenitious Information and Education. Say that. (laughs) No, I gave it one time fast. (laughs) Joint Advocacy Amenitious Information and Education. (laughs) That's why I only said five times. I wasn't even going to go to ten times. (laughs) (laughs) But despite the acronym being hard to say when when you're on empty stomach, uh, the group has done wonderful work in terms of education for meningitis and the meningitis vaccine. Yeah, it was really cool to hear her story, especially since everything happened in college, too. Well, do you want to say what happened? No. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert, she gets meningitis and it changes her life. And now she's an advocate for the vaccine. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) There you go. But I mean, her personality is just she should be a stand up comedian. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's for sure. She's super funny. Really fun interview. Really interesting interview. We speak to her about... Not only how has the advocacy helped people, but also her time in the Paralympics. Mm-hmm. Like she is just like an all around, just like interesting person. Mm-hmm. And I wish our interview went longer. I wanted to go longer, but just like tonight, we were recording it while we were on empty <laughs> stomach and we had to end it early. Yeah. Let's get to one of the most inspiring and really interesting and cool and informative guests yeah. we've ever had. Very raw. Yes. We go deep, deep in it. <laughs> Yeah, we usually start at the beginning. How did you get involved in it? And I guess your case, how did you create the Jamie Group? Where did it come from? Right. So me, Jamie Sham, I'm currently 28. I'm about to be 29 in a couple of days. And when I was 20, I was in school at UT and I got sick with meningitis. About seven months later, I got out of the hospital. This is obviously a very long story short. Yeah. Mm. And... When we got out, we were active in the Capitol about passing laws. And then at the same time, we wanted to provide a voice to the local communities when it comes to meningitis because I was a person who didn't know anything about meningitis. Mm. Like, I know the name of it. Yeah, yeah I, I don't I know. I don't know anything about meningitis. When I saw it, when I was before all this, I was yeah. like, meningitis, that's something they suggest for me to get, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, that's optional. Yeah, no, it's like a, <laughs> like a meningitis shot. Yes. Like, exactly. I guess the next obvious question uh-huh. is, I guess, well, we haven't gone through the entire yeah. history yet. We have already a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like so it. we will let you we'll to the next speak. Um, so when I was in the hospital, my mom was basically moved in. I think she canceled her lease and just like moved in because she was already staying there every night mm-hmm. being awesome. And so she was a voice of reasoning when it came to um, advocating and the in the capital. So I would say that she 
mainly got this idea of like, you know, why did this happen to my daughter? Mm -hmm. And I also am saying the same thing. Like, Mm -hmm. why did this happen Mm -hmm. to me? And then we proceeded of why does this have to keep happening to others if we can get the information out there? Mm -hmm. So that's why we thought of the Jamie group. And luckily my name works for acronyms. (laughs) Uh, Joint advocacy of meningitis information and education. Which is pretty sweet. No, That's perfect. really cool. I mean, <laughs> your good. name, I always like the name Jamie. Thank you. But that, like, really just suits everything. Thank you. And it's been, you know, really exciting. It definitely, at first, I've, you know, passing the 501c3 was definitely difficult. But at the same time, like, I was so in a weak place. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. Like, mm-hmm. right after the hospital, I, okay, so I got sick in November and didn't get out until May of 2009. Wow. And in February of 2009 is when I got my amputations. So we, it was like months after that. And I finally getting out, I looked like a frail bird, like a <laughs> metaphor, like really dangly looking and no mm-hmm. hair, like what's going on. And I was also in a wheelchair and they were like, go live your life. And I'm like, hey, what? I don't <laughs> know how to do that. This and is new. Yeah, this is whoa, all new. I remember getting fitted for prosthetics and I stood it for the first time. They're like, how does that feel? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, you have nothing to compare nothing it to. Nothing to compare this I, to. I'm excited that there, there is something below there. Cause I remember waking up from that surgery. Oh, I'm a comedic person. I will say that. And I yeah. remember waking up, I'm being like, well, my feet are not there anymore. Cause you, <laughs> that would you, be so, like, I, I can't even imagine. I know. It's like, it's really intense. I mean, it was definitely a hard time, but I was also really aware and also obviously really medicated and <laughs> I was really <laughs> optimistic. I know it feels. <laughs> yes. I was just like, okay with what was going. I was like, okay, amputations, like, let's do it. I got to get back to school. Like, yeah. Come on. Let's speed up the process. And then, so that was like in the first couple of weeks when I was in there. So November of 2008. And then they're telling me, hey, it is official. Like you are getting amputations. And I would say that was one of the more sad days of because it was like the serious talk. Like, Jamie, it's happening. And my mm. sister's there and she's crying. She's my mom's crying. I'm crying. Not like bawling or anything. I want to be like straight up yeah. and be real about it. But in the end, like it was intense. Um but at the same time, I was getting lots of surgeries every week, mm-hmm. cleaning my legs and whatnot. Because when you get meningitis, let's get into that really quick. When you get meningitis, it's a bacterial infection. And for me, it's November. Seasons are changing. I'm not mm-hmm. taking care of myself. I'm studying hard. I'm also partying hard, enjoying myself. And I guess with, I got sick like a cold. And that's what gets the bacteria into your bloodstream because you can mm-hmm. actually be holding the meningitis bacteria for months. Yeah, I was reading that on your website. I was surprised to hear that. Yeah, me like, too. <laughs> uh, not to interrupt too it's much, okay. but on your website, you mentioned that 10% of everybody has like Are a strain caring. somewhere on them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of made me think like how like staff is kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. Like I, usually like everybody has staff on it, but it's only bad if it gets somewhere else in the body where it doesn't belong. Right, exactly. It's just like that actually. And so for me, like I was very lucky, arguably, um, because obviously I could have died. You know, um, with meningitis, you can become blind, deaf, mm-hmm. mentally disabled, um, and you have internal organ failures mm-hmm. or amputations or death, you know. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I just have amputations. I know lots of people who get meningitis and they have amputations too, but they have to take so many pills every day just so that their organs function. Mm-hmm. 
Does it just attack everywhere? Yeah. What, what does it do? Um, so obviously it's a bacterial infection, so that it becomes like a oh my gosh, what do you call it? Something eating disease, like flushing bacteria. Yes, flushing. Oh, so basically, yeah. my What's limbs became from red rash to purple to black Dang. to literally dead. Oh. I was half alive and half dead, and watched my limbs decay for months. Like I oh. said, I got in the hospital in November, didn't get amputated until February. Like you lifted up oh, the sheets shit. from my legs, it smelled bad. Oh. It was weird. I remember, and I was also really medicated. And this is why I'm going to say this because there was a doctor there, and he was like, "Hey," he was kind of a little too blunt, and uh-huh. he was like, "Hey, these are not coming back. Let me show you how infected they are." Oh. Gets a knife and cuts it out my leg like like a little baseball cuts it out and i and it was completely green it wasn't bleeding there was nothing there and at the same time i was like oh my god and it didn't hurt at all i mean he was proving a point oh. but a little intense and yeah so that's so, like same so from a tv show you're like i mean this sounds really terrible but Please. You're <laughs> go on you're you're rotting kind of yeah basically alive, you're rotting yeah, like if, let's say, somehow I was Ugh. able to walk. Like, let's say my legs were not affected, my hands were. Yeah. Which looked like raisins and just curled up and gross. Um, if I was somehow was walking and fell and caught myself with my hands, my fingers would fall off. Which is very gross, but that literally happens. Uh, how, okay, my biggest fear of all times is getting a flushing bacteria. Yeah, well, it's like a good one. That, like, <laughs> how, did you, so. how did you deal with this mentally? Yeah. I mean... The only thing that's really like sustained throughout the process is my personality. And if you can see this shining personality <laughs> going mm-hmm. through meningitis, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, nothing really changed when it came to the support. My family was there. They kept it, you know, real. And that's how I like it. I don't like to like, what do you call it? Fake. Brush it under the rug yeah. sort of thing. And my, my friends came and visited me all the time. And they were just very cool and just kept me honest. And I was able to joke whenever I could. There were definitely hard times. It's not like it was all laughter yeah. and I'm shooting the shit. <laughs> it's not like me. some like, goofy comedy. Yeah, it was difficult. I In the first couple of weeks, I wasn't like communicating. I was put on a ventilator immediately and dialysis immediately, which is they start like going through your blood system and cleaning it out and i had tubes in my mouth like i wasn't mm-hmm. able to talk i looked swollen it looked bad like i'm you know my mom was telling him hey jamie's sick she's in the hospital you should come and see her people think oh she's gonna be like sitting up hanging out and they come in and they see my body's decaying i have tubes in my mouth it was heavy but yeah somehow i had a good personality about it <laughs> well <laughs> and but yeah, go on. I was going to say, there's just a, I remember reading this research a while ago that people's happiness levels don't really change that much. Even like if they like a better life or a worse life, like after a couple months, it just kind of like stabilizes back to how it used yeah. to be. So I guess. That's interesting. Hmm. I believe it. Yeah. It seems that your personality definitely powered through. Yeah. It was definitely hard to say the least. Um, but the recovery, you know, it's so funny, like being in the hospital, I wasn't getting around. Like my physical therapy was moving my arms. Mm. That's what it was. And so I was fixed in a hospital bed for months and 
my view out the window was the same. I didn't get to go to the window and look around. I had the same view for months. And then when I was finally getting up, it was like bizarre and weird. And obviously that was when I was leaving the hospital. Mm -hmm. But it was like a surreal experience. Like my family was like, that's the Starbucks we would go to. This is where we would go over here. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I would just be like, I have no idea. I'm like, this was my life for so long. It was it was like a weird study and broad experience. <laughs> no fun time. Just yeah. Studying being like in broad into a yeah. new time. place. Yeah, not the best studying abroad. But you took a scary moment into a positive with yeah. that nonprofit. And I'm really glad that I did. You know, not, and I don't blame them. I don't blame people who go through really intense experience and don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's because my personality and also I'm always a student that like wants to present and like mm-hmm. wants to go first mm-hmm. and it's like get that you know, get that behind me. And with that being said, you know, the opportunity just came to me and I was like, I would love to speak about it and I'm not like shy about it. I know that can be an emotional subject. Mm-hmm. One time I gave a presentation in class when I was at UT and I would always offer it to his teachers, like get some good education, why not? Mm-hmm. And there was a student there who started having a panic attack, like right in front of me. And I wasn't gonna address that because that would make it a little bit worse probably. Mm-hmm. But you know, people just have different reactions and it's very heavy stuff and I don't mm-hmm. blame them, so. But yeah, it was a crazy experience and it's been almost nine years and it's weird to look back and say that and i've gone through a lot and i'm really proud of myself and becoming an adult it's real i just got a house for people who didn't hear the conversation we are yet. in your house yeah, right we're in now. your new house it's a nice house <laughs> thanks for adulting hashtag adulting. <laughs> yeah. but yeah if i can go back to it my mom has been there like so much throughout the process of it She's the one that like got me to meet the right people. Like when I was still in the hospital, my mom advocated in the in the Texas Capitol to pass a law for college students to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So in two thousand and eight, it was mainly my mom. I was there for the yeah. I saw that on your website, and one of the questions I actually had was how hard was it to pass a law. My, my mom would know the answer. <laughs> I mean, I was I was definitely there, and I mm-hmm. heard about it, and I'm listening and providing input but she was the one that was capable of going to the capitol mm-hmm. and whatnot it's called the jamie shambaum act but it should be called my mom's awesome act <laughs> uh. and basically in 2008 it was for all college students living in private facilities so that was like college campus dorms um greek houses things that i was never on by the way and i still got meningitis so it doesn't matter about how close of quarters you are you could just have an unlucky situation mm-hmm. and you get meningitis. Like I did nothing wrong. I was experiencing my life. The only thing I did wrong was not being educated and protecting myself through vaccination. Mm. So in 2008, we passed the law for all students to have the vaccine for meningitis. And I'm gonna try and clear this up when it comes, because it gets a little complicated and I just want to okay. clear it up as quickly as I can. Yeah. So since 2005, there's always been one vaccine and it covers four out of the five strains. Mm-hmm. Four out of the five. And that's the law that we passed in th- 2008 for that meningitis vaccine for all college students to get that in private facilities. In 2011, we got the law amended. And it was for all college students in the state of Texas, period, getting the meningitis vaccine. So that was about 325,000 students each year. Since 2011, meningitis vaccine rates have gone up by 50%, Ooh. which is awesome. Yeah. 
And so we're at 80% right now. But anyway, so when it comes to the meningitis vaccines, so there was the one vaccine that's been available since 2005, and that covers four out of the five strains. There is a, now a new vaccine called meningitis B. And that's something that a lot of people might have heard about outbreaks on college campuses because there's not a vaccine for it mm-hmm. at the time. And so, like, college campuses like Portland, Santa Barbara, um, Princeton, there has been so many different outbreaks because there wasn't a vaccine until 2014. Was it just not able to be manufactured at the time? What was- they just didn't have the, I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like to make a vaccine. <laughs> yeah. I know it takes years to make yeah. one. Yeah. And Zika, that vaccine, very that was groundbreaking how fast that happened. But with the meningitis vaccine, it just took years. And meningitis B was a, is a third of all meningitis cases in the United Ooh, States. That's a huge portion. It's a huge portion. portion. Sorry. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's been great that there now there's two vaccines to cover all five strains of meningitis. So if you're listening and you're like, I know I got the meningitis vaccine, but I don't know about the second one. Hey, you want to know the answer? Call your doctor. Yeah, that's how I feel right now because I know then I was affected by your ex because I went to college in 2010. Right. So that means I definitely, as thanks to you, I guess I get the vaccine somewhere I, in my life. But if there's yeah. a, the fifth one, mm-hmm. meningitis B. Yeah, I might check that. I went to college in Oklahoma. You're lost. <laughs> no, you got to check their laws. You gotta I'm screwed. Your doctor. Yeah. There's so many. Good luck. <laughs> but yeah. Huh. It definitely is scary in the sense of how quickly it happens because meningitis is also the number one fastest killing disease. You wow. can die within 24 hours. Wow. Fact. Okay. Like, other, other than the bills game passed, yes. what have you done as the leader of the Jamie group to educate and I guess testify for yeah. this stuff? I mean, we definitely keep all lines open, like communication, all lines of communication. Uh, we definitely want to provide as much educational tools. I mean, it's just as easy as that. Like, getting the story out versus, like, pamphlets, like, while they are helpful, but a story. So if you're listening right now, reach out to me on the Jamie Group website. I will reply. And we'll throw the link in the show notes. Thank so. you. And I will gladly, under the Jamie Group, come out and share my story because... I can't tell you how many times people were like, whoa, I didn't know meningitis did that. And if I did, I wouldn't have complained mm-hmm. about getting the vaccine. Because mm-hmm. I used to Uber and I would meet all these college students going to UT and whatnot. And I would tell them my story if it came up. And they're like, wow, I had no idea. I remember being like, you have to get this vaccine. And I was, you know, getting all upset about it when it was happening. But, but I'm so glad I got to meet you and learn about it because. What a devastating disease. I mean, I'm again, I am lucky. Like, yes, I have prosthetics, but it could have been way worse. Mm-hmm. And also at the time, there, so my amputations are all, all of my fingers and both of my legs below the knee. They were considering below the elbows and above the knees, which is oh, a whole no. other that'd story. Just, oh, that'd wow. That changed your mobility so much. entirely. I-, I'm, I have like, you know. Like, a half inch of a thumb <laughs> and it is while it's small it is very beneficial yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like if you try picking things up with your thumb it just yeah. it's weird yeah so. so imagine your web space and that's how i'm picking things up okay you the, no, the fingers so then oh, you, when you're picking things up oh i, so oh, I try doing your web space for a day that's did you, you have to go to physical therapy yes. then to yeah. adjust exactly so my rehab was a very interesting experience so mm-hmm. when i got out frail bird in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. they're like you can do it 
And I'm there, and I actually didn't get fitted for prosthetics for a little while because I still had wounds all over my legs, so there was no point for me to put on legs if I mm. yeah. was still yeah, recovering. Yeah, open up the wound. Yes, exactly. And mm-hmm. so so they focused on my hands for a little while, and it was like little things um, like opening a ramekin. What's a, ram- a ramekin? I learned this word yeah, this <laughs> way later in my life. Um, basically, when you're at a to-go restaurant, it's what they put the sauce in. It's like that small container. Oh, okay. How do you oh. open that without spilling it all yes. over? It always spills. Yeah, and so since I don't have fingers, I use my mouth a lot more to open uh-huh. things and to rip it open. Yeah. But um, yeah, so with that involved, I mean, physical therapy was hard. I mean, I speak to uh, St. David's physical therapy students all the time actually like probably once or twice a year mm-hmm. and it's awesome because you're meeting people who are going to be dealing with people like me mm-hmm. and I, I would like to be real I'm like hey you're gonna have good days and you're gonna have some bad days mm-hmm. like I cried a couple different times oh, yeah. I mean there's people yeah. like I have full function of my limbs but I remember seeing someone who was fully able body like fully able-bodied and she had a stroke and she was young she was my age. Mm. So her brain is telling her to, to pick up something, but mm. she's not. Like, mm. different stories, different frustrations, you know. Like, I remember meeting someone who was born with her amputee- amputations, mm-hmm. and I was, like, comparing about what it was like and how hard it is, and they're like, I'm glad that I didn't have that experience because I don't have anything to miss. Mm-hmm. You know, they never adapted, you know. And another comparison is, like, I remember meeting someone and – they woke up from a coma with their amputations. And insensitively, insensitively, I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. Because they woke up like (laughs) that. Like I went through the process of having it cut off and the recovery, it was not fun. It was very painful, but she was cool. She gets it. But it's cool to have those different perspectives and like different, you know, awareness of how people take different things and what, good things can be in bad situations yeah it's definitely cool like that like you did use this as like a way to turn it around and i do mm-hmm. saying like that's surprise like supremely great to do yeah you're helping thousands if not millions of people mm-hmm. with your uh with the jamie group yeah i'm and, pretty modest yeah. about it and you're not creating your like fear isn't what you're creating no. you know you're creating success i could totally bring it down get into like goosebumps narrating uh-huh. <laughs> about meningitis yeah no. but no i mean it can be hard a lot of people I, I mean i remember this mom being like i have a son he lost his leg recently and he hasn't gone out of bed he has a prosthetic but he doesn't use it he just sits there mm-hmm. and on it she's like what advice would you give him and honestly like gotta give him time you got my advice would be it's yourself that's going to make yourself do mm-hmm. something. You can't have, especially when someone tells me to do something, like I'm more inclined to not do it. And it's about, it's going to take a minute, but you know, if you pull it from yourself and you're the one that's going to make the change, like, mm-hmm. yes, you, you have all the support, but it's you that's going to make the difference. And you doing those rehabs uh, sessions all the time, like those are necessary. And I know that you don't want to go outside and see the world and have them see you and, and deal with stares, but it's, unfortunately, that's part of recovery. And people yeah. stare all the time. Mm-hmm. That's a whole new world. Like, 
I was like this cute girl in college, like, yes, I'm on my own. And then, boom, you're not on your own. You're back at your mom's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, which is really cute because she made food all the time. She took me to school. It was cute. Better than dorm food, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, in, in college years. And so my mom was just so helpful within the process of it, like making sure people weren't staring. She would go up to people like, um, you got a problem? Oh, and, she sounds awesome. like an awesome woman. She cool. fought for you at the Capitol. Yes. And wow. then she sticks up for you doing your recovery process. If you just met her, you'd be like, yeah, that's obviously Jamie's mom. She's really sweet. She's super sweet. But yeah, the stigma factor was very difficult. Yeah. So being from a cute little girl to like super skinny, like walking so slow each step, like the class bell rings, everyone's like rushing and I'm like a turtle going mm. up the stairs mm. and I'm, people are coming down the railing and I'm like so dependent on the railing. I'm like, go around. I guess you're in prosthetics at that time, not a wheelchair. Well, at the time, yeah, in prosthetics. At the time, I was so like, wanted to not be a stigma. And so, so what I'm wearing right now are just basic prosthetic legs. So to blend in, they're called covered legs. So it's regular prosthetic legs with plaster on top of it and they're painted to look like legs and, you you know, they look Mm -hmm. like legs. Um, But they're heavier. So uh, yeah. it's a prosthetic leg with more stuff onto it. And imagine putting pants on it. That's why I don't really mm. wear pants, actually. I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> yeah, just to she's, clarify. Yeah. She's wearing... <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> but um, just like the process of getting it over your foot, because your foot, you point when you put your shoes in. I mm. don't. Mm. So yeah. I have to make sure that they're stretchy pants, <laughs> which obviously you should always wear <laughs> Luckily those are pants, in obviously. now. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And so when I was going to school at that time, I had covered legs so a lot of people didn't really notice like why is the girl taking forever on the stairs Mm -hmm. and then also at the time i was living off duval on 38th and there's like a a bus stop right there and getting into my car was an ordeal and people would be staring all the time you caught me at the wrong time of the month i would murder you (laughs) if you were staring at me and you know it was just a new thing but luckily being in austin you know the the motto keep things keeping things weird. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm a weird person, but it's a unique mm-hmm. feature that I have, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what made me strive into being this unique, owning my my new body, in a sense, and just killing it. How do you see your life if you were to not have gotten in oh, and just be healthy? That's a great question. I think about that all the time, actually. Like, what would be different? Would you be as like I, active like, and I like... I would be fu- an advocate. Because I wouldn't have interacted with this. I wouldn't have met all these amazing, famous people that I've worked with in my life, which isn't like an amazing quality to love about. But I wouldn't have that (laughs) law. I wouldn't have that law. I wouldn't be saving people. A lot Mm -hmm. of people would be getting, you know, not surviving, which is really hard. Um, But I also think about like the things that I have in my life and like the relationship that I have. I did know him before I got sick. So I feel like we would have been together, but like those things, like what career would I would, what would I've been in? Yeah. What were you studying in college? At the Pharmacy. Time? Pharmacy. Mm. Are you, do you graduate with that degree still? No. What are you? Because I was in the hospital for so long. I was like, I'm good <laughs> and left and went back to school and did human development and family sciences i almost forgot what it was <laughs> and basically the sociology i learned okay. people and interactions mm. and love and the brain and how that is all connected it was a fascinating degree i wouldn't change it for anything and also it helped me isolate different emotions that i was having or recognizing it mm-hmm. and like my behaviors because of 
X, Y, and Z, like being a stigma or something like that. Like one of my labs was, it's called a child. I think it was called a child lab. And basically you go to the, the daycare. Mm-hmm. I think it was mainly the professors, kids that were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had one of those on the Texas tech campus yeah, too. It was yeah. really cool. You had to sit there and, and just write down, you follow this one kid and you would write down all these random notes. And I was worried that I would throw off the study. Mm. But which also taught me that kids don't notice anything as long as you don't bring it to their attention. Ah, mm-hmm. And yeah. so liter- with my legs out, not wearing a long skirt or anything, I would just sit there and they never noticed. Hmm. And so when I'm like on a street or at the mall, like very kid prone area, as long as I don't make eye contact, it's bizarre how they don't notice. Hmm. It's very interesting. Huh. I love this dynamic of like seeing different social aspects. Yeah. Hmm. It was a very unique college experience, I would say. I want to yeah. write a book at some point. Yeah, it's oh. definitely book worthy. Thank you. Yeah. I think it would be titled My Unique College Experience. Because <laughs> yeah. all this happened while in college. Mm-hmm. The law passing, the Jamie group, and also getting on the U.S. cycling team, like that was all Yeah. Uh, very new. I saw that on your, I didn't know there was a U.S. cycling team. I just knew that you, there's a picture of you on the front page of your website mm-hmm. of you and like a cycling uniform yeah. staying in front of my bike. So, yeah, so how long have you been doing that? So before I got sick, I was a regular Austinite commuting on my bicycle every mm-hmm. day. And when I was in the hospital, I was like, how am I going to, you know, meet people? I wasn't thinking about getting on my bike whatsoever mm-hmm. because the first thing you do when you meet someone, you shake their hand. Mm. and sometimes people have jumped it happens i'm not gonna blame them i'm not gonna be like oh you you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can fill in the blank (laughs) and basically oh gosh where was i going with it oh yeah so when i was in the hospital i met someone at st david's when i did rehab there he was my occupational therapist and he had one arm which is a oh. cool role model for occupation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's, you know, opening things with like one hand forever. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have prosthetic he, or just, no. no, just nothing. Yeah. And it was like right at the shoulder. Okay. It yeah. was cut. His name's one arm Bob. He's cool <laughs> with it. And he basically was also on the U S Paralympic cycling team back in 2000. I think Australia was that year and he won mm. silver. Oh, wow. And I'm there like 80 pounds and I'm hospital but he's like you're gonna do it too and I'm like get out of here random dude mm-hmm. anyways um, he was right so he introduced me to a trainer cause I was so frail lost mm-hmm. muscle mass don't trust me on a bicycle at that point and after a couple months of strengthening and getting comfortable with my balance I was on a bike and and the trainer is also a cycling coach so it was like a great dynamic Mm -hmm. and he's awesome i owe him a lot and he basically has introduced me to the right people i i did the lift strong challenge shortly after training for a little while and did 12 miles wow awesome i've never felt more elated my cheeks hurt within minutes after crossing the finish line of course Mm -hmm. before that it's miserable (laughs) um but then i was at a time trial a time trial is obviously a trial that is timed. Time, yeah. <laughs> and basically I was told that if you don't go fast enough halfway to the point where you feel like death, you're not doing it right. Wow. You have to have like okay. tunnel vision, like you're going so hard you could pass out. Anyway, so I'm at this really unique experience in Oklahoma and I'm, there's this guy there and he's asking me questions about my hands and how I use my bike with my new hands and my legs. And to answer that question... So if you're thinking about a bike and the handlebars, the brakes are on the other side from you of the handlebars, mm-hmm. right? And you use your fingers to yeah, grab you it. Yeah, you curl around yeah. it. They flip the brakes 
on my side oh. instead of the far side. And so I just pushed into it. Oh, okay. That's it. And he's asking me this because he's on, he's a U.S. Paralympic cycling coach. And he's wondering what category I would qualify in. Because he's already thinking. He's like, oh, yeah, this girl's great. That's cool. And... And so after talking for a little while, he was like, do you want to go to road nationals championship? And I was like, yeah. And I went and <laughs> competed and won in my division, wow. which was interesting. And I was, that was the most professional cycling situation I've ever been a part of. And I was overwhelmed so much media. And at that time I wasn't really in front of the media that much. Mm-hmm. And it was just very intense. And also seeing all these different bodies compete, like mm-hmm. someone with, a leg completely missing going at it with just the other leg pedaling through mm. or someone with missing an arm and how they, it was very cool anyway. So I won and went home with the Jersey and he asked, I didn't know what was going to happen after that. I went back to school and he was like, Hey, do you want to compete again? But with the U S Paralympic cycling team. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And I went and competed with them. So that was in 2011 of November. And we went to the pair pan American games and Guadalajara and competed in, oh, cool. in like four different events and had the red, white, and blue swag mm-hmm. bag and so much Nike apparel and like meeting different countries and how so competitive crazy. they were living in the village. After that, I think I just came home realizing that I wanted to finish on school because I took a semester off just to compete for a little while mm-hmm. and it just wasn't for me at the time. Um, I currently still love riding my bike. I just got a new bike. And I still keep in touch every now and then with uh, my previous or my former teammates. And it, I'm very grateful for that experience. I've, I'm humbled and overwhelmed that that actually happened. Like saying it out loud is like mm-hmm. bizarre because I wasn't someone that had dreams of being on the Paralympic team, mm-hmm. you know, and the opportunity was almost like handed to me and it was awesome. And I took every moment with so much gratitude and just learned so much from it and wouldn't change it at all. It was a good experience. Even like being nine years from getting out of the hospital, people would be like, do you wish that it never happened? And then you wouldn't have all of these experiences. Mm. Yeah. In the beginning I was like, no, I'd love to go back to that situation because there was like an artist that I met when I was in the hospital that I was a big fan of, Ghostland Observatory. Random. Oh, oh yeah, they're yeah. awesome. Yeah, they visited yeah. Me My friend hosp- just went to their yeah, concert. Yeah, they performed like one or two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah I remember seeing it on my Facebook feed. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. They're super friendly and I'll show you the signed vinyl that I have upstairs. <laughs> wow. Like the, all these crazy opportunities. I feel like now I'm at this point where like I wouldn't trained it at all just because there's so many great benefits. There's lives I'm being saved. I think that's the most important part mm-hmm. of the experience. But personally, you got some cool stories to tell. Yeah. yeah. Which is some nice. Very interesting people that I got to work with. So that's very cool. So we got two more questions then that we usually can end on. My first one is, uh, do you have anything that you want to like sign off on? Like any words of wisdom, anything that's happening, the Jamie group you want to announce? Right. Um, I've been more so taking over the Jamie group for the past like one and a half years. Um, so that's why there was like an update with the, the website and getting more newsletters out there. And then I had a fundraiser, but and I was planning on having one this year, but then I got engaged. Uh. So yeah, with the Jamie group, Swing back to that. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely a grassroots organization, and we're so happy to be. And thank you for letting me share my story with your audience. I am so grateful for that. Yeah, thank, thank you for coming to the show, and for you to also speak to nonprofits. That that's amazing. 
that's why you got an award probably right yeah I, kind of uh, yeah uh, the other it's, it's the about it's about you guys it's not <laughs> right. about guys. it's not about us yeah. it's about Which you guys what we cover it's not yeah, yeah. We just but, like to spread the awareness. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. So with the Jamie group, um, we're kind of keeping it mellow. I try to update and blog as much as I can. Like August is Meningitis Awareness Month, because mm. primarily because school is starting. And mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah, you to makes get sense. into your vaccine routine. I would mm-hmm. say a good sign-off would be, if you're listening and you are concerned about meningitis coming to you, coming to you. in December 2017, it's coming. It's coming. No, um, but, you know definitely talk to your doctor talk to your yeah. doctor about what mm. your vaccine history is and also if you got moved and you don't have your medical records it's okay for you to get it again mm. um and if you're under 18 and listening to this and you are not insured i would suggest going to vaccines for children website mm. and they will help you getting vaccines if you have any questions please come to the jamiegroup.org for more information or email me directly jamie at the jamiegroup.org and i'll be happy to respond and question number two. Yeah. So yes. we're everyday superhumans. So if Jamie Group could be a super oh, yes. hero, which superhero would it be? And what would your superpowers consist of? It's so interesting. I would I definitely thought of the immunizer immediately. But it's so interesting because immunizations is such a hot topic. Mm-hmm. It is such yeah. a hot topic. And I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings about like your mm. strong opinions about not being vaccinated. Mm. But if I can say, yes, mainly people are worried about foreign things going into their child's lives and it could lead to something else like them getting sick. I get it in a sense of that's your thought, but the reality is you're protecting your child. Like by not getting vaccinated, you're literally mm. playing Russian roulette with your mm. child's life. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she might not get sick. But she also might die, or he. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but that is the truth. That also, when it comes to vaccination and not getting it, let's say I'm a mother who decides not to do vaccination and my child's going to school unvaccinated and he's playing with all these other kids. And then what if there's a kid there that's immune compromised and mm-hmm. they can't get vaccines? They can't oh, yeah. be protected. Mm-hmm. You're passing this bacteria onto these kids who can't protect mm. themselves. Yeah, there's a word for herd immunity. Yes. Herd yeah, herd immunity. Hmm. So when you're all together and you're all vaccinated, that's ideal, right? Mm-hmm. But there's situations where the kids can't get vaccinated because of their own situation. So I highly encourage for you to not, or for you to only make your child be vaccinated, but also be aware that you're risking other Hmm. people for getting sick if you're not being vaccinated so thank you i guess yeah. so when it comes to superhuman powers i would say yeah the immunizer it sounds Just, cool i like, mean that's yeah, cool yeah, like, yeah it's a good name it i bet you like you like walking around with like a giant syringe and, and it would like, be yeah. painless no it would be painless it would be like no, i mean laser yeah. beams yeah yeah my eyes that <laughs> okay, feel yeah. like you know oranges that you're eating <laughs> like it tastes good that'd be great <laughs> like oh, get me immune again yeah <laughs> To learn more about the Jamie Group and Meningitis, check out jamiegroup.org to inform yourself more on the dangers of meningitis and how vaccines can help you not only save your life, but the people around you. You can also follow Jamie and the Jamie Group on Twitter at jamiegroup14. And you can also get in the know at their Facebook by searching for Jamie Group in the search bar. And finally, you could personally follow Jamie herself on Instagram at jshanabam.com. That's J S 
C-H-A-N-B-A-U-M. Feeling bad about the world? Does a 24-7 news cycle keep you down? Never fear, Everyday Superhumans is here. Restore your faith in humanity at everydaysuperhumans.com, where you can learn all about the people making the world a better place. You can also follow us on Twitter at SuperhumansCast, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everydaysuperhumans, and check out our Instagram at everydaysuperhumans. Did this episode restore your faith in humanity? Then be sure to subscribe to Everyday Superhumans on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addicts, Podcast Republic, Pocket Cast, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're feeling really generous, be sure to donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash everydaysuperhumans. And remember, not every hero has to fly. So grab your cape and let's go. Okay. All right. Let's go. You got your coffee. I don't have my coffee, but whatever. Okay, but I have your shirt. <laughs> you do. Hi. Wearing my old Literally shirt. Literally taking the shirt off a friend's back. <laughs> <laughs>